This is the KOTO Community Radio News for Thursday, November 30th. I'm Julia Caulfield. And I'm Gavin McGough. In today's headlines, Telluride swears in new school board of directors. Marshall deputies recognized for life-saving efforts. Tab marks World AIDS Day. And a mountain weather forecast. The Telluride R1 School District has a new Board of Education. On Thursday, District Court Judge Carrie Yoder swore in the newly elected school board members. I just want to thank you all as a, you know, I'm a mother first and I'm a, the mother of two long haulers in the school district. So I want to thank you so much for your service to our children. I mean, the amount of dedication that you all have is just beyond the pale. I, I don't know if I could do it. So thank you so much for everything you do. One by one, Judge Yoder swore in Cheryl Carstens Miller. Hi, Cheryl Carstens Miller. Do solemnly swear. Do solemnly swear. That I will faithfully perform the duties. That I will faithfully perform the duties. Of the Office of School Director. Of the Office of School Director. <laughs> David Lavender. All right, Mr. Lavender. You're back at the schools. All right. Happy to have you back. And Ryan Robinson. Hi, Ryan Robinson. Do you solemnly swear? Do you solemnly swear? That I will faithfully perform the duties. That I will faithfully perform the duties. Of the Office of School Director. Of the Office of School Director. After taking the oath of office, the school board's first order of business was selecting officers. With fully unanimous votes, Cheryl Carstens Miller was selected as president, Jill O'Dell as vice president, with Stephanie Hatcher as secretary and Ryan Robinson serving as treasurer. Marshall deputies, staff, and members of the community are being recognized for their service to the Telluride Marshals Department and the town of Telluride. Telluride Chief Marshal Josh Compt highlighted the deputies before town council this week. Deputy Marshal Jimmy Moody received a life-saving award for his response to the recent stabbing in Telluride. Deputies Sean Stogner and Jeremiah Mason received chief's commendations for their work on the case. Jimmy was one of our first officers on scene and immediately began performing life-saving measures on this individual. Um, Sean and Jeremiah immediately jumped into action, gathering witness statements, going out the area, collecting evidence. Comp says while a tough incident, the deputies stepped up in their response. Having reviewed the body camera, and this was a truly a textbook example of how to handle a critical incident. And I was extremely proud to watch that. Um, and it, these were very easy awards to give out. So it was uh, Jimmy was received the life saving, and then Sean Jeremiah both the chief's commendation for for their actions that night. The chief's commendation is awarded by the chief marshal to an individual who deserves special recognition for their service to the department. The life saving medal is awarded for bravery in rescuing or attempting to rescue an individual from immediate danger. Deputies Moody and Stogner also received Distinguished Service Awards, the second highest award given by the department. Moody was recognized for a recent domestic violence case. This was for an investigation that him and one of our former officers, uh, Katie Nisham, um, had handled. It was a, a pretty significant call. Um, it started off with someone coming to Jimmy and explaining what their circumstances were in confidence and he realizing pretty early on that there were some significant crimes being involved. So he passed off to Katie for her to conduct the investigation. Um, over the course of several weeks, there was multiple search warrants that were in an arrest warrant was initially uh, originally obtained, and the subject was arrested outside of our area. Um, this case involved domestic violence, stalking, and the child sexual exploitation. So another significant case that, um, again, very proud of our deputies that they worked. It was a very time-consuming case, but again, done 
very well, and um, that case is not proceeding its way to the court. Stogner received the award for his work on the road rage incident that sent Telluride into lockdown earlier this fall. It wasn't so much initial response on that, but Sean's investigation and everything that he did afterwards. So um, that incident occurred on Sean's Friday night. He was due to get off for a few days, uh, a few hours later, and ended up coming in every day on his day off, spending all day here writing search warrants. So over the next three days, I think he wrote about four search warrants to include houses, vehicles, obtained an arrest warrant for, uh, for a subject in that. And uh, all of these were Sean's very first warrants that he had ever written to. So to kind of throw him into the middle of it and ask us at him was a huge, huge undertaking. Sean rose to the occasion and we got a successful completion on that case within two days. Marshall staff Callie Belargen and Jeanette Lovin received chief commendations for their work overhauling the town's parking system. Callie, Jeanette and Stephanie Johansson, who used to work with us as a code enforcement officer, were all tasked with looking into new parking solutions to include parking meters, the LPR system that's now in place at Silverjack, as well as we revamped recently our handheld ticketing and permitting system. Um, they undertook this with, with ease in addition to all their other assets we asked of them. It was a huge uptick. So uh, Stephanie, uh, Jeanette, and Callie were all awarded a chief's commendation for, for their efforts on this. Joyce Kimball received a chief's commendation for moving the department to paperless reporting. It sounds easy in theory, but there's actually a huge uptick. Again, uh, for the last 30 years, we've had our way of doing things. And uh, to, to suddenly change that was was a big ask of Joyce. So, so you know, Joyce wears many hats at our department. Um, she took this challenge on as she does everything else and, and got us to transition successfully to that. So her efforts were, again, rewarded with a chief's commendation. Compt adds the awards this year are just a snapshot of all the work Marshall's staff undertakes. Very proud of the efforts that are um, that all these individuals have shown. While they, these are the ones being recognized, I am truly thankful for all of our staff, and they ought to be recognized for the outstanding work that they do on a day-to-day basis. Um, this year just happened to be these few, but next year I have no doubt there will be, be others in our department. In addition to staff, community members Laura Farenbacher, Jimena Rebolledo Leon, and Claudia Garcia Curcio were also recognized with Chief's commendations for their work with the Cafecito con un Policia program. Tomorrow, December 1st, many across the country and world will don a red ribbon, a symbol of solidarity with HIV positive people and a recognition of the tens of millions of lives claimed by the HIV AIDS virus. The red ribbons are also a symbol of World AIDS Day, which has been observed on December 1st for some 35 years, says director of the Telluride AIDS Benefit, Jess Galbo. So World AIDS Day started in 1988 as a way to bring awareness to the AIDS pandemic at the time. Um, and it's been on the calendars every year since. When the first AIDS Day took place, AIDS was an epidemic, a new, shocking, and lethal disease. Since then, treatment has come a long way, but, says Galbo, In Colorado, there's still 13,000 people living with HIV, and although there have been many, many advances in medicine, education, um, things that can address HIV-related illness, there is no cure, um, and stigma still persists. Tao works locally, regionally, and even globally with initiatives in Ethiopia to raise awareness, support, and funding for those living with AIDS. And it will hold an open house at the Wilkinson Library Friday to mark World AIDS Day. This is the second year Tab has put on the event. 
Claudia Garcia Curzio, a longtime TAB model, volunteer, and the Latinx outreach specialist at the Wilkinson Library, recalls the event last year came out of a collaboration between TAB and the library. In its first year, says Garcia Curzio, it focused on awareness. Do you know what TAB is, what it does, how can you get involved? And we made the event bilingual because a third of our population is Spanish-speaking. So to represent our demographic, we really wanted to kind of tap into how we can represent. In the second year, Garcia Corcio continues. Jess and I kind of talked about it being a little bit more of like breaking down the stigma. Mm -hmm. So people know TAB is here, but how do we break down the stigma of AIDS and HIV? And so we've collaborated with more organizations like SMRC, Semigal Resource Center, of like breaking down the stigma when we talk about asking for help, if whatever that looks like. Meanwhile, alongside tomorrow's event, planning for the Telluride AIDS Benefit Fashion Week, which is coming up in mid-February, is in full swing. Auditions will be held in early January, and Galbo emphasizes TAB is for everyone, whether you'd like to model in the show or get involved some other way. In that same spirit, tomorrow's event is a come one, come all affair. It's very casual. Um, There's no formal presentation. Um, We want people to feel comfortable walking through the door, have some dinner, children are welcome. It's really about casual conversation and just meeting and getting to know people that are already a part of the family that can talk to you about how they got involved, how, you know, they feel passionate about the organization. The TAB World AIDS Day will take place on December 1st in the program room at the Wilkinson Library from 5 to 7 p.m. Dinner will be available, and the event's many collaborators will be on hand to share resources and hold space. Water and wastewater rates are increasing next year. According to Kaylee Ranta, Telluride Finance Director, the rate increases are based on a rate study the town completed earlier this year. This rate study determined that a 5% water rate increase is needed in 2024 and a 20% wastewater rate increase. Under the new rates, the base fee for residential properties in Telluride will be $56 per month, with $36.41 for deed-restricted units in town. Those in residential properties out of town will pay $69.98 as a monthly base rate. Deed-restricted residential properties out of town will pay a base rate of $45.50. At the same time, the town of Telluride will begin monthly billing for water and sewer. Ranta clarifies individuals who auto-pay their bill on the due date won't need to make any change. If you're set up to pay on the due date, then you'll be fine. But if you're set up to pay on a certain date of the month, then you would want to change that. The change in water and sewer fees and billing will begin on January 1st, 2024. It may seem that Telluride has festivals covered, but one of a different sort is coming to town. Telluride Theatre is announcing the Boxed Canyon's first-ever Fringe Festival. With different iterations around the globe, Fringe Festivals highlight experimental, homespun, and diverse works of theatre and performance, ranging from comedy to dance to improvisation, film, and beyond. Telluride Theatre Artistic Director Sasha Cuccinello says the idea for the festival came about through a desire to reconnect the theatre with, quote, presenting new, original, experimental, grassroots work, unquote. And to source its material, Telluride Theater is turning to the community. 
Local artists with concepts or ideas for small, self-produced works are invited to apply for a spot in the Fringe Fest lineup by emailing tiffany at telluridetheater.org. The application period closes on December 15th, and the festival will take place at the Palm Theater over two weekends in March. The Global Conference for Israel began on Thursday in Denver. The four-day summit brings together prominent Jewish leaders and supporters of the Jewish state and unfolds this year against a backdrop of nationwide contention over Israel's war in the Gaza Strip, following the Hamas-led terrorist attack on October 7th. Pro-Palestinian demonstrations have been held in Denver since the conflict began last month and have escalated this week in anticipation of the conference, including a disruption of a Denver City Council meeting on Monday, when protesters forced the council to adjourn early. On Tuesday, New Mexico legislators offered sharp criticism of the governor's response to the missing and murdered indigenous relatives crisis. For Rocky Mountain Community Radio, Clark Adamitis of KSUT and KSJD has more. Critics have been demanding more action from Governor Michelle Lujan Grisham for months. In October, the governor's office quietly dissolved a state task force comprised of experts and advocates. New Mexico's Secretary of Indian Affairs, James Mountain, spoke to the Legislative Indian Affairs Committee. His announcement was intended to address concerns about state inaction on missing and murdered indigenous relatives. We will be establishing an advisory council um, to uh, assist and lead uh, in the oversight of the work that is already continuing in response to the state response plan uh, that was uh, led and put together amazingly by the task force. But Mountain's remarks served only to inflame critics on the committee. It seems like we're starting from scratch. State Representative Patricia Roybal Caballero is a member of the Guadalupe Pueblo. At the hearing, she said the task force had offered indigenous family members much-needed support when a relative goes missing. The new advisory council, she said, is a step backwards. I absolutely disagree with an advisory council being placed within a state department. I feel like we're misplacing the urgency, the seriousness of our family members. We're placing them on on a shelf. Before it was dissolved, the 30-member task force included tribal officials, legal experts, as well as federal, state, and local law enforcement agencies. At yesterday's hearing, Secretary James Mountain offered few details on how the new advisory council will operate. For KSUT and KSJD, I'm Clark Adamitis. Fort Lewis College in Durango recently unveiled a new mural in celebration of Native American Heritage Month. For Rocky Mountain Community Radio, KSUT Tribal Radio's Sarah Flower reports. Indigenous futurity is the theme of the newest mural decorating the walls of one of the staircases of the Center of Southwest Studies at Fort Lewis College. As part of the celebrations for Native American Heritage Month at the college, 
Five students from different tribal nations joined together to tell a story that paints a picture of indigenous experiences from past, present, and future. They held a panel with some of the students to talk about what working on the mural was like for them. Naomi Gray is one of those students. Gray is a citizen of the Osage Nation and a sophomore at Fort Lewis. I found it not difficult working with the students. I found what we were talking about to be really difficult. Talking about our culture, it's hard not to talk about the nitty-gritty past or what we have left of our culture. In some instances, for me, the Osages have been moved several times. I mean, everyone has their individual histories and personal histories with their culture. You know, we bring that into conversation. It, It was amazing that we could create a safe space like that for everyone. Z. Wilbank is from the Oneida Nation and the Ho-Chunk Nation in Wisconsin. He is a senior graduating next month majoring in political science and also helped create the mural. For Wilbank, part of looking towards the future of what being indigenous is for him means honoring the past. Wilbank talks about the college's recent report of the tragic discovery of bodies of young children at Fort Lewis's Indian boarding school. If you look at the mural, we have pieces from like the old fort era because we think it's important to recognize that history and that past when we move towards our future. Though there was struggle and literally attempted assimilation and genocide, I think it's really important that we honor the resilience that our ancestors had in terms of upkeeping cultural practices alive, and so looking towards the future, I hope those cultural practices stay alive. November was not recognized as Native American Heritage Month nationally until former President George W. Bush declared it in 1990, something FLC alumna and co-instructor on this mural, Elise Bollinger, feels should be honored daily. Bollinger is also a citizen of the Osage Nation and a former curatorial fellow at the Center of Southwest Studies. Bollinger returned to the college to help curate this mural as she believes creating and experiencing Indigenous art connects others. This month, but every day, it's very important and especially critical here at Fort Lewis College to celebrate Native art because it brings a sense of belonging to Native students um, when they see themselves or their cultures represented in, um, in the halls where they go to school. So um, what we imagined as we were painting this mural was that as students walked up the stairwell to go to their classes to conduct research, they, they would see that reflection of their culture on the wall and, and feel a sense of encouragement. But we're glad that this mural will be here, hopefully, for many years to come. In addition to the panel at the Center of Southwest Studies, the Native American Center and Diversity Collaborative Department at the college hosted a myriad of events this month that range from celebrations with indigenous punk rock band Sihasen to the power of indigenous nutrition and healthcare. Reporting for KSUT Tribal Radio, I'm Sarah Flower. The National Weather Service forecast for the western San Juans calls for snow showers tonight with a low around 20 degrees. One to two inches of snow accumulation is possible. Friday, there's a 90% chance of snow showers with an 80% chance of snow at night. Three to six inches of snow accumulation is possible. The high is near 30 degrees with a low around 10. Saturday, snow showers are likely with a high in the mid-20s. Saturday night calls for mostly cloudy skies with a chance of snow showers. The low is around 10 degrees. This has been the news for Thursday, November 30th. Thanks for listening. 
If you have a story idea or a news tip, call the news team at 970-728-3206.